All right. We got a winner. Oh, we got a winner. We got a winner. And they're all. It's been another week in racing. It's time to recap it. And who better to do it than Michael New Magic? Two bros slash pros who cover the highs and lows of racing around the globe on every one of their shows. Real fans look forward to these guys and their last thoughts because they know they're not talking out of their royal ascot. What they say makes sense. So ladies and gents, sit back and relax as Blinkers Off presents The Magic Mike Show. Where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show. Tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show. You can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com. What's up, everybody? I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. And this is the Magic Mike Show, episode 351. <laughs> Mr. Samich. Yeah, just a lazy. Oh, huzzah! <laughs> just a lazy little Monday we got here. Uh, it's a, yeah, nothing really going on here. President's mm. Day. Happy President's Day to you. Pretty quiet. Uh, pretty quiet so far in horse racing. How you doing? Yeah, you know, I'm good, man. I wish that uh, some major news story broke or something, so we'd have something to talk about today. <laughs> I was, uh, I had literally just gotten done um, recording a video with Aaron doing our Kentucky Derby Top 5, which would be at our, on racedudes.com and youtube.com slash racedudes pretty shortly. Um, and check that out. But we'd literally just gotten done recording, and I was looking through my phone, and all of a sudden, it just was blowing up on my Twitter timeline that Medina Spirit disqualified. Medina Spirit disqualified. And I was like, oh, these are reputable sources all saying it at the same time. So, yeah, uh, plenty to talk about today. Crazy. It only took uh, 11 months. What? No, nine months to get this thing done. So that's, you know, that's not so bad, right? <laughs> Listen, uh, if, if uh, yeah, that's true. If I tried for Colson uh, when the Derby uh, disqualification was first announced, it'd be popping out right about now. So. There you go. <laughs> That's yeah. how we mark times now. Yeah, listen, uh, we'll, we're going to talk about that. Uh, obviously, some information. We'll probably talk about that once we get past the jump. But uh, also going to talk about Fairgrounds, the Risen Star, and the Rachel Alexandra Stakes. I had to think about it because Oaklawn has already drawn for Saturday. So we're also going to talk a little bit of Rebel Stakes action. So I uh, hope you guys are ready to talk some horse racing and some Kentucky Derby and Oaks. So it'll be a lot of fun. Before we get into it, Mike, what's the best thing you saw this weekend? I can't believe I'm going to say this. Uh, the NBA All-Star Game was the best thing I saw this weekend, which is kind of surprising because All-Star Games in general are absolute trash. I mean, they're just not good. The NFL, the Pro Bowl is a joke. NHL, they're really struggling. This three-on-three -three thing doesn't really work. I wish they went, would go back to five-on-five -five and just did conference versus conference. That'd be more fun. Um, Major League Baseball got a little bit spicy because they got something on the line, quote-unquote, now for home field advantage. The NBA is doing it right right now. I mean, it, it's it's fun because it's just a bunch of people chucking up threes and, and dunking the ball, which is cool to see. Then Curry goes off, hits 16 threes. And they're also trying a new point format at the end. So this is the second year they've done this where it's a target score uh, versus playing into a buzzer. So you add 24 points to whoever's ahead at the end of the third quarter, and that's the goal. But what happens is they care. Like the NBA players care in the last 24 points. So you actually get to see best on best go at it. Uh, you know, Curry obviously going off was fun. LeBron hitting a game winner in Cleveland was fun. But it was it was an enjoyable experience to watch an all-star game, which is not something I could say about any other sport. Yeah, uh, it, I didn't get a chance to watch it. I did, however. Um, it's funny that you brought that up because the best thing that I saw is also related to the NBA All-Star Game. Um, it, it's not quite exactly the same thing that you talked about. Best thing that I saw, Papa Dude really did not like the All-Star Game being on this weekend. He had multiple tweets about how much he hated the skills competition, the All-Star Game. He literally watched 15 to 20 minutes worth of paint drying uh, as opposed to watching the Pro Ball, the NHL All-Star Game, and the NBA All-Star 
all-star game. So, uh, yeah, let, uh, listen, Papa Dude on Twitter just continues to be one of the best follows. Um, if you're not, it's at Halterman underscore Mike. Just look for Papa Dude. Um, it, his takes, don't always agree with them, but they always <laughs> make you chuckle. It's just that constant, uh, uh, like, like Abe Simpson yelling at the clouds, Jeff. He's got to go, and he's got to watch Steph Curry hit some of these three-pointers. And the best part about it is, like, he was so dialed in that he releases the ball and turns around and starts celebrating. Like the thing is still not even halfway to the hoop and he's going nuts, man. It was, it was enjoyable. It was, it was by far the best all-star game that I've seen in a long time. And it was just, it was actually fun to watch. I mean, they, they, there was, there was obvious lacks of defense early in the game, but as it got closer and closer, they, they cared more. And when you can see them care more and have fun with it. And, you know, Steph Curry's like, what's the record? Because Clay Thompson has the all-star points record, and Curry wanted to beat it and missed by two points last night. So he's asking what's the record on the side. He cares about it. So it was, it was fun. It was fun. Papa, dude, watch the NBA all-star game, man. Come on. <laughs> uh, it's just, it was uh, – God, I just love Papa Dude's tweets. It's one of my favorite things. I get a notification that he's tweeted, and I'm like, oh, this is going to be good. Um, <laughs> also, speaking of Papa Dude, he and Aaron will be on later at 4 p.m. Uh, Pacific, so 6 Central, 7 Eastern tonight on Dude to Bet Sports. And I know Papa Dude and Aaron are going to talk a lot about the Michigan-Wisconsin uh, basketball game and that friendly little handshake line that they had and uh, all that fun stuff. That, they're going to be talking about that. There was – the best thing that I saw out of that is that there was that little assistant coach that's like four foot eight. Um, that like, you know, as wide as he was tall, that like is yelling shit from like 20, yeah. 30, <laughs> behind 20, 30 players. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah. And then he just gave the Ta-da! suck it motion. And I'm like, is this 2000? Like yeah. it was at you of all people. And like yeah. the players, the Wisconsin players, they don't even look at him. They just put their hands in his face. They're like, just back up, man. Just back yeah, up. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that there'll holds. be lots of that takes on that. Later I'm on. gonna change. I'm gonna change the name that to do to bet sports except the All Star game <laughs> and see if anybody notices as it's scrolling across the bottom. Uh, Bill's one of us in the chat. Good to see you, Bill. Uh, we're going to preview anything for Saudi Cup. Uh, we will be doing that on the YouTube channel. Dr. Miranda's gonna be doing it. She, uh, if you remember, actually was the one that picked Mishrif to uh, to beat Nick's go and Charlotte. She had him in an exacting trifecta. So she and I are gonna be doing that later this week. So make sure you check out YouTube.com. Uh, slash racing dudes. Other than that, listen, uh, we're not going to really promote Saudi because it, it didn't really do a whole lot of uh, interest uh, from our fan base. And listen, we're also we, originally Mike and I were like, hey, let's let's talk about San Anita Stakes on Monday, and then San Anita yesterday happened, and then San Anita today this morning happened. And I don't, I love I, San Anita. I don't want to talk San Anita. I can't think of a like, the turf is slippery. Really? Like that is the reason. And, and Pratt and two other riders refusing to ride the last race because the turf was slippery. Van Dyke tweeted about how like he's shocked his horse didn't go down around the turn. Like awful situation. And, and for the riders to have to go, take it to the point of like, hey, we're not riding. That is uh, it, it's crazy. It's cra- especially like, you know, and again, the be- it's, it's, this happens on a day where everyone's focusing on Santa Anita. Like it just you can't get out of your own damn way. It's ridiculous. Oh. It's like everyone's looking at it because we have this mandatory pick six payout, which, by the way, guess who selected that date? Santa Anita. Like, it's, it's, and then you have this whole train wreck of a, well, we're going to stay on the turf, but it's not safe. And then you have the favorite go out, and it's just paramutual mess. I mean, it's just ridiculous, man. I don't – I mean, it's a pick six mandatory payout the day before, like, a holiday weekend when you're trying to drive interest and everybody's off. And, you like, all these specials that they do, like the dollar beer, $2 hot dogs or whatever that they do. That's today. They should try and get people out there. The pick six payout should have been today. I understand why it wasn't. But let's talk about that for a little bit. I totally forgot to ask you earlier if you want to talk about it. We can discuss it a little bit. If you don't know, Santa Anita 
Mandatory pick six payout on Sunday. And into the last race, Flavian Pratt is on the favorite, on the turf. A uh, horse looks like it's going to be a pretty solid. I know Aaron had the horse singled in his pick six. That was, a, I think, it was a less than $100 ticket, and he was alive to over 1200 for the payout. And like what happened in the Breeders' Cup, juvenile turf, the favorite, the, got scratched or at least couldn't be bet on. And so you're stuck in all of your, your multi-race wagers with whoever the favorite ends up being. And it's a favorite nobody wanted that day. It's a favorite nobody wanted Sunday. So, and the horse loses. Um, there were two other jockeys that said they wouldn't ride and they could only find one jockey to replace the three that all said. So the other two were scratched. In that scenario, Mike, would the best case for Santa Anita to say we're going to make it an all and everybody just kind of, you know, the multi-race, everything pays out as an all for this leg. Just is that the best case scenario there? Yeah, I mean, it, yes. I mean, the, the honest answer is there's no good scenario. But from a betting perspective, when you take out three horses in the race and then you force feed everybody who has a live ticket to a specific horse, not only does it destroy the value on that horse for the people that actually liked it, but it also means that you don't have any option. Like, look, taking out three horses in an eight-horse field completely changes the pace projection, completely changes the style of the race, how it's run. The, by the way, the new jockey would change things. Like, You have all of these different variables that come in that change what your original handicap was. And you do so much work to get to that point, and you got to be lucky and good to get to that point. And all of a sudden, they just like the, the – rug just gets ripped out from under you because what you handicap is no longer what you have a wager on. And by the way, you don't even get to select who you had a wager on. And like, sometimes I'm like, I'm a fan of having optional or alternate picks where if you, you know, if you have a scratch, you get to pick who your horse is. In this case, that really wouldn't have even helped that much because you would have had to select the whole damn field because you're going down the list of who you want because you had three horses that scratched so late. And additionally, you don't know about the, like I said, the pace setup. you have no clue what it is because you don't know what three it's going to be. So it's just, a really bad situation. Santa Anita should have just all that race for everybody. Just said, hey, look, sorry, we're cutting the payouts down. This is the best way to do it because the, the complexity has changed so much. And you see when you have surface, surface switches. So if you go from turf to dirt, they make it an all race. This to me is as drastic of a turf to dirt change because you were taking out almost half the field. Uh, and then we fast forward to today where <laughs> they're going to test the turf course for race one. So we're still going to do it. The leading rider who should be more respected than anyone else or as respected as anyone else in that room says, I'm not riding because it's dangerous. And they go, hmm. No, we're going to keep going. Like, this is starting to remind me a little bit of the previous regime and the bullshit that they kept pulling with the dirt. How Ritvo kept going, dirt's fine, dirt's fine, dirt's fine. Fuck you. It cost Battle of Midway his life because you thought the dirt track was fine. So I, I'm, I'm not sure. What time is it, Magic, out there in California? It's 11.30. Yeah, the, the sun came up when? Like 7, 6.30, yeah, so like 7. Four and a half hours to test this shit already? Like, what are we doing all morning? Like, why we're testing it with race one. Why didn't you test it? earlier if you if you want to if you feel like it's safe to test i mean the fact that you're quote unquote testing it tells you it probably isn't a great idea why don't you just run on the dirt and and move along right like come on and as chris says literally just a few days ago there was the whole nice article about how nate newbie was like we got to put out a better product because they're putting six seven races on a card and and five six horses in every field we gotta do a better product we gotta do better and literally this is the bullshit you pull like it's so hard to defend santa anita uh, right now, I will say to Charles's point, what wins, they should just run at Del Mar. That's not going to fix it. Del Mar is not, that doesn't just magically, Del Mar is a big thing that they target for eight, nine weeks. But like, 
It's like saying Saratoga would fix everything. Like Saratoga is something people target because it's a finite window that you've got to try and run there. It's an event. Golden Gate, by the way, takes a big break during that period, and that's a key thing. Um, I know that uh, some people have said that you know you've got to reduce it to one circuit. You know, sometimes you take a break down here, go to Golden Gate. Take a break at Golden Gate, go to Del Mar, Santa Anita. This two circuit thing in California. It's just not working out. Yeah, I mean, on top of that, Del Mar, I, I, if you have never been there, there's a huge fairgrounds there, too. Del Mar's booked a lot of the year. Like, you can't just also run that. at Del Mar. It, yeah. Like, the, the stalls are booked for other things, like dressage and other horse shows. Um, I, I know they have different events down there. So, like, it's it's not as easy as just go to Del Mar. And, and you hit the nail on the head, man. I, I, I think they have too many tracks running in California right now to support the, the horses. And they're like, look, the purses aren't big enough. There are other issues that, that surround this thing. You go to Oakland, there's $112,000 made in special weight. That's why you have horses running at Oakland. Like, it, you, if you look around and you see other tracks and jurisdictions just, just providing a better product for the owners and the trainers, then, yeah, that's where the horses are going to go. California needs to adjust that. They need to, to, to kind of they, – they need to, to invest to be able to get the horses back. Well – Anyway, we're going for Santa Anita. Yeah. This was this was cathartic. I'm glad you went to talk it out. Um, I, I just sigh because now I want to talk about some positive stuff. So we're going to focus back on the Kentucky Derby and the Kentucky Oaks Show. We appreciate everybody who's been in the comments. Uh, you've been wonderful, but let's get into some Kentucky Derby Oaks talk. Mike, riders up. All right, Mike, first thing, let's talk about the uh, Risen Star Stakes Saturday night at Fairgrounds. This was a race that uh, on paper was looking like it was going to be the best Kentucky Derby prep race we've seen all year, and that's saying something because the Holy Bull just two weeks ago was pretty spectacular. But uh, seven of the ten horses in this race are on were on Fantasy League teams. We'll see what happens after today when it's claiming time. But our boy Epicenter uh, continues to just be, mwah, I love him, uh, gets the job done, 7-2. to two. Beat Smile Happy. Let's focus on Epicenter first. He was my pick. I was very confident in him uh, going into this race after the LeCompte Stakes. But it was because I thought he was going to do something different, Mike. I thought he was going to pull back, stalk a little bit because several of us all said, hey, there's a lot of speed here. That's probably why it sets up so well for Smile Happy. Epicenter still got the lead, and he never gave it up. And he wins by, uh, by two and three quarter very easy length. So Epicenter, your thoughts, buddy? I was I was really impressed with the, with the pace that he was able to run into there. Like he, the, the fact that he got to go forty seven and four was shocking to me. I, I couldn't believe that that no one else wanted to pressure the lead, and he was able to just kind of gallop off on it. And he looked very very strong in the stretch. He looks like he can handle every bit of the mile and a quarter distance coming up for the Derby. Um, it's going to be interesting. Like it, again, I I have the concern that he is not. He reminds me. I, I, it's weird. I've compared like seven horses to this horse. He reminds me a lot of uh, of. Uh, Hot Rod Charlie last year, where he is fast, but he is not fast, fast, right? Where he's got a, a decent cruising speed and he can get out there and he can take the distance and he can keep running at that speed, but he, you know, he can't go 23, 46 and, and go on with it, right? Um, so anytime he gets able to go close to 24, close to 48, he's going to be dangerous in any of these races. The question is how much pace there's going to be in the Derby when he actually gets into that gate. But this was a, a very, very, very solid performance from Epicenter. Yeah, it was very exciting. Uh, if you want to see what how, what we thought of it live in the moment, you can go to racing or youtube.com slash racing dudes. Our live reaction is up there and clipped out from the overall live stream that we did. Uh, I still believe Epicenter can stalk and win. He just doesn't he's never done it. So it's this weird like feeling that I have based off of his running style that I don't think he has to have the lead, but 
you know, I, it's going to be hard for me. I really was hoping, Mike, in this race that this was going to be when I could be like, yeah, see, I told you. I told you he could stock. And he still hasn't done it. So I need to keep uh, – I need to hold back on that one. Uh, Smile Happy was the one that – obviously the big favorite. Two to one is what he goes off at. He was very almost odds on for much of the uh, lead up to the race. Uh, Bree says, horrible ride from Corey Lannery. And that was kind of the overall – feeling it on a horse racing Twitter. Do you agree with the sentiment there? Uh, there were things that were left to be desired. We'll just put it that <laughs> way. Uh, and this is why I talked about, I, I really wanted Smile Happy to win. I wanted Smile Happy to roll into the Derby so that you get sub two to one on Corey Lannery and a Kenny McPeak course. You get to fade it. Now um, it's going to be interesting to see if Corey Lannery maintains the mount or not. Uh, I thought Smile Happy actually ran pretty well coming back here. The buyer came back pretty good. Um, and the buyers are something we should talk about here too at, at some point. But um, the, the numbers came back good for Smile Happy here. And, and look, first off a layoff, you should take a step forward next time out. I, I think that, you know, you, I, I would have loved to have seen a little bit more, but with the pace being the what it was, the ride being what it was, and, and the fact it was first off the layoff, I think you got to give Smile Happy a pass here. Although um, I, I am probably going to, uh, it, depending on the price, I'm going to be touch or go with him because I don't want to take Smile Happy at a short price. I don't want McPeak. I don't want Lannery at a short price. Um, we'll see if see what happens here. And we talked about, you know, Epicenter being able to get kind of the easier lead. Well, you look at that chart, the second place horse ends up finishing fourth. The third, fourth, and fifth place running horses early finish eighth, ninth, and tenth. They all end up way in the back. So bye, they, bye, bye. even though the pace wasn't fast, Epicenter was really the only pace horse that held up there. And you see both Smile Happy and Zenden come from tenth and eighth. You could make an argument that those are the three best horses in the race, and that's why they end up one, two, three. It wouldn't have really mattered where they were, though. So I don't want to read too much into it, but it's interesting how the other pace did struggle here. Uh, Zandon uh, coming off of the Remsen, yeah, the Remsen stakes uh, when he won. Well, I thought he should have been promoted to win, but Mo Donegal beat him that day. Um, Zandon, you see the form there, how far back he was. That's not his normal running style. He just kind of blew the break, was pretty slow out. So I thought that, uh, listen, all th the top three finishers, I think, are all very legitimate candidates moving forward. And uh, I'm very happy, Mike, that we have both horses that were right there at the wire in the Remsen have actually returned. They've both finished third, ironically, so they didn't win. But they've looked good doing it. So Mo Donegal and Zandon uh, continue to do well out of the Remsen stakes. Pioneer Medina was there tracking and just kind of ran in place. He's a Todd Pletcher horse. This is We kind of thought this was Pletcher's B team. Uh, he doesn't go to Fairground. It's like Baffert. Baffert doesn't go that far away from his home base unless he's – you know, not not just trying to get some points there. So I, a nice effort from him, but I think that that's a second-tier horse. Is there anybody that was behind Pioneer of Medina that you might want moving forward? I'm, I'm interested to see what they do with Slowdown Andy moving forward. I, I didn't think he got the best trip ever in here either. He, like, so I, 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 uh, no. <laughs> I, I, I could have some interest in Slowdown Andy depending on how this thing goes. Um Man, it did that Messier race now looks like it was the, the it was the track that that was able to help slow down Andy beat Messier, not slow down Andy. Um, so again, that'll be really heavily price dependent. If you can get double digits, you know, 15, 20 to one, somewhere in that range and slow down Andy next time out, that's when I'd be interested in him. Um, but he was the only other one in here that I thought it was really even even worth mentioning. I, I, can we put an axe in Papa Cap too? Are we done with this Papa Cap thing? I can't believe that horse went off at three and a half to one. The entire Breeders' Cup Juvenile field. Uh, I asked Jared off air. I was like, or I no, I think it was during the live stream. I said, "You don't come in performance in the fantasy league. Do you feel any good about him? Because I wouldn't. Like, I'm just sitting there. That's like you're holding like a like a ticking time bomb, and it's like, can I throw this before it goes off in my hands? <laughs> trade, trade. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. A lot of people talking about the track bias. Um, you know, Zanin, Smile Happy running against track bias. I agree. Part of the problem with Smile Happy and 
even Zandon in some levels is, is they're going to have to weave through a lot of horses in a lot of these races. Um, and, and so it kind of creates trip trouble. If you don't get a perfect trip, you're going to have some trouble just because of the style. It's why I like some of those more forwardly placed horses, especially in fields like the Derby. Um, so it'd be interesting to see what, what they do moving forward. Uh, the buyers came back ridiculous for this race. I'm sorry. The whole day. Like, it, like this is just this is just kind of crazy, man. Like you go back and you look at the, the buyers just for this one race and you know, Trafalgar who, who runs seventh gets an 81 buyer ties for career best. Like what? <laughs> so when Watch you go that back, race, that is not an 81 buyer when you go that deep and you're getting that high of buyers. I'm a little concerned that, that some of these may be a little bit high. Like smile happened, getting a 94 seemed high to me. Zandon and pioneer Medina 93 seemed high to me. Like, and this is just me, the eye test of like, okay, how well do I think they were going and how fast do I think the race was? Um, so I am like, I'm going to be interested to see what happens coming out of this thing. Cause I, I don't think that the numbers are as good as they are being given. Tawny Port might be interesting, assuming uh, Brad Cox sends him back to Turfway where he won his first two career starts, both routing. I would assume the Jeff Ruby stakes remains their goal because he's proven on the track, right, and the surface, and there's 100 points to the winner and 40 to second. 20 to third. You can finish third in the Jeff Ruby and make the that's There's so many problems with that sentence. But uh, he yeah. could go to the Kentucky Derby that way. So if you, I know that Vinny has Tony Port in the Fantasy League. That's something. The issue is you're not going to get 24 to 1 on him when he goes back to that because it's his good surface. So I don't want to say play him because he might be odds on again um, in that spot. And, and as Bill says here, buyers, well, I wouldn't say always ridiculous, but uh, it's, it's another reason this whole day at fairgrounds is another reason I'm warming more and more to time form when it comes to pace figures and, and, and their speed figures and why a product like equine edge, not to give them <laughs> some free, bucks, but a product like equine edge is really helpful in a situation like this too, because it goes beyond just what that buyer figure is, which is uh, so overbet all the time. Well, that's that you said the most important thing right at the end of that statement though, it is so <laughs> overbet all the time. And so it's, it's anyone who doesn't even look at buyers, I think is doing something wrong because you have to at least understand why other people are betting horses right you're competing against the people around you um and, and so your job is not only to pick the winner but to be able to bet properly and if you know a full day is inflated if you know a specific race is inflated you can take that one race and saratoga is a great example of this we, we had one race which we pegged at belmont that was way over inflated and had did not those horses did not win a race at saratoga and got bet every single race it was the the Bahamal race uh because the, they all came back with such big buyers. It was like 98, 95, 97. And we just faded that entire race, the entire meet. And it worked every single time. So it's important to know when these races come back high, when days come back high, because then you can look at that and you can take horses out of there and throw them out in their next start when everyone else is playing them because of that buyer. And that horse and then Ducali. We've had a couple of good ones. Yeah. Uh, in 2021. We'll see what we can Ask find in 2022. Asking for Baskin. Yeah, that was the that was the key horse there. All right. Well, uh, let's talk about race. Not so much fun, and I don't think we're going to see the Kentucky Oaks winner come out of it, uh, or even many Kentucky Oaks contenders. Uh, but listen, the Rachel Alexandra Stakes was looking like a great race for Lecrae. The good news is, as scary as it was to watch her get pulled up like that uh, live, that she is going to sounds like she's going to survive and have a, a successful. Uh, second career probably as a mama. She's got impeccable breedings. Turner Loose wins her first time on dirt. We haven't seen her since she was uh, eighth in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies turf last fall at uh, Del Mar. The breeding, you said it, Mike, the breeding kind of says it works, but there was nothing about her that was exciting. And I think that's more a testament to this field that we were like, Lecrate, mm, maybe awake at midnight, and none of us really liked this Cox horse. 
Yeah, uh, you cannot convince me that Lecrae wasn't winning this race, but the way this thing ended, like if, if she stays intact there and, and thank God she's okay, that's obviously the most important thing here. If, if she stays intact there, uh, we were talking about her today going down to the Kentucky Oaks and the Kentucky Oaks Trail. So really tragedy that uh, she was unfortunately not able to finish the race. But again, like you said, fortunately, she's okay, which is obviously the most important thing and the, the best piece of news. Um, I don't want anything out of this. Not even a little bit. Hidden Connection got an awful trip. I mentioned it on the live stream before the race. The horse was five wide, wants to be forwardly placed. Like I, I still think that that horse is a decent horse, but was had zero chance at winning on that day uh, just because of the trip and, and the amount of speed in here. This thing completely collapsed. I mean, you had a a Pletcher and then a Cox, the, the Cox that like, completely rebreaks after being on the lead and then falling off of it. Like one of the, the weirder running lines, you can see it there being third at a half mile, then fifth at the three quarter point, And then third again at the top of the stretch ends up winning the race. I, it, this thing collapsed. I mean, I, I wake at midnight, I think had excuses. I think still should have won with those excuses if she was that <laughs> yeah. good um, because like they, they came home slow here. Yeah, it just was a, a listen. I think Hidden Connection is the only one maybe you take forward. Um, you can scratch this off a little bit. She was coming off the long layoff. She had that super wide draw, had to be rushed up just to save a little bit of ground. Um, John says he missed the race life. Yeah, Goddess of Fire still know how I didn't. Listen, I, Goddess of Fire had the lead, and Turner just came flying. It, it was just the weirdest. And Turner Loose, the, her running style, she's such a bad paddler. Watch her left front. Yeah. The thing's like sideways when she runs, and she still got past Goddess of Fire, which is another reason I don't want Goddess of Fire before because she, yeah, that was bad. That, that was like uh, Essential Quality's baby sister has a leg like that. It's, it's pretty bad. Um, uh, yeah, Hidden Connection, maybe take her moving forward, but you're not going to get a good price on her. She's She's been, I think you said on the live stream, she's been consistently overbet uh, for, for much of her career, four starts now. So um, any final thoughts on that race? Are you ready to talk about the uh, the Rebel? Uh, it, it, go back and watch Divine Huntress. I've never seen a jockey look back behind them because they knew they were about to drop anchor so hard as Jose oh. on the turn. It's hilarious. Because like, you think of like Paco and Jose, and they're like looking around, and they're loaded. Like Jose does a great one of these, like checking and then just whoop, the horse just drops straight back. I was it was one of the funnier things watching the race back. It's just like, oh, he he knows he's empty and he knows he's gonna stop real soon. The, that's kind of one of the fun things about those live reaction videos is like when I go back and edit everything later to put the replay up. I'm watching it. I go, Jose's looking around, and I'm excited because I have her picked. And for that split second, I'm like, he's looking around, and then all of a sudden I see he's looking around, and other horses are immediately passing, and I was like. Oh, and you're like, that's not a good looking around. That's not a good looking around. No, not a good one. <laughs> you know what is a good one, Mike? The field for the Rebel Stakes. 11 three-year-old Colts and Gelding is going to be going a mile on the 16th at Oakland Park on Saturday. And God bless you, Oakland, for getting this draw out already. Uh, you see here on the screen... Uh, Dash Attack, who wins the Smarty Jones Stakes, is going to be platooned all the way out in 11. New Grange, you see that S there. That means he was supplemented at the last second. And what that kind of tells me, Mike, is it, it kind of affirms what Baffert had said that... Or that hinted that New Grange didn't like Oakland. A lot. Aaron called that out live uh, when we were watching the race as well. He still shows up. He's going to be the heavy favorite. He's got to be the top pick, right? Man, this is an interesting one. I mean, Ben Diesel didn't get the best trip ever last time. I, I have a little interest in him coming back. Uh, I mean, Barbara Road, obviously not, is, is an interesting one there as well. I, I mean, Stellar Tap. Interesting there. Uh, New Grange is you're going to be your favorite though. Yeah, you're you're dead on. I mean, there's no way he's not going to be the favorite. It's gonna be interesting. Like now that we have this this Baffert ruling come down, we'll, we'll talk about that here at the end. 
where some of these horses are going to run, where they're going to be allowed to run, what states, if any other jurisdictions are going to follow suit and how fast they're going to follow suit. And then if we're going to see injunctions from the Baffert camp to allow them to run while following suit. Um, so it, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. I, I'll tell you this. I'm not overly interested in betting new grain shear, carrying five pounds more than the mass majority of this field um, with how little he liked that track last time he ran. I mean, he looked, he struggled. He looked beat for the majority of that race and then just kind of kicked it enough into gear to be able to get the job done. Uh, Chris uh, agrees with you. It might be Concert Tour 2.0. If you remember, Concert Tour came in into the – was the Rebel Arkansas Derby. It came in with a, a ton of steam and just completely flattened out and really hasn't rebounded since then uh, after popping when he was a little – a little earlier in his career, uh, Charles says Ethereal rode in there for the coach. D. Wayne Lucas just broke his mate at Oaklawn, I think, last month. So, uh, coach never wanted to shy away with a horse that might have a chance to earn some derby that. points. Stellar Tap shows up for Steve Asmussen, too. That was interesting. Yep. Yeah. It, this is this is a fun race to me because if, if it's not Newgrange, it's anybody, right? Like, so mm -hmm. it, it, you're going to have a very good betting race here if you're against Newgrange. And I, I, I think I'm going to try and see if we can find a way around around Newgrange in this spot. Chasing time is interesting, too. Like, I, I think you're going to be able to to make a case for, you know, six, seven horses in this field. I obviously haven't jumped into the PPs yet, and that's that's where I kind of make my calls after it. But just off the top of my head here, I, I would probably say you can make a case for at least five of them. Like, Chase Adam, outside of Newgrange, obviously. Yeah, Chasing Time... Um, I think that's your second choice. He's my racehorse. Uh, it's one of our most watched videos in Racing Dude's YouTube history. Is talking about chasing time after he won that allowance race at Oakland. So yeah, he's going to be very heavily backed by the my racehorse folks. Um, I'm trying to think who else is going to take some money here. I mean, Barbara Road has finished second in two or three state straight races, including the Smarty Jones in Southwest. Uh, Stellar Tap is yeah. I wonder about this. Is he going to be a, like not that either of us want to play Stellar Tap, but this is the horse that got Asmussen the record-breaking win at Saratoga. There's a lot of hype behind him. I don't know. Is he going to be overbet? Is it possible for him to be underbet? <laughs> uh, no, it's not possible to be underbet. He'll be overbet. Uh, quick question for you. Sure. Three horses choose to have Lasix for this race, meaning they are uneligible for Kentucky Derby points. Oh shit! You're right. That's Stellar Tap. That is Chasing Time, and that is oh. Eternal Road. So they cannot earn Kentucky Derby points. Magic did not realize that until right now. He just blew his mind. So oh, those this is, oh, this just adds new layers. I get excited about are it. Are essentially running for purse money only here in a way, right? <laughs> so does that change your handicap on those three horses now that they have Lasix? Oh, it won't because uh, if you've watched this show long enough, I've, I've done too much handicapping when it comes to Lasix. I should just take the Mike Samich route of – the trainer knows better than me, man. I don't know. So uh, I'm going to go that road. I'm going to go that road. What about you? I think it's an interesting thing when to put Lasix on, on a horse in this spot because it means you are running for this race. Um, and that obviously you would assume everyone feels that way, but I would argue not every derby prep. You see every horse cranked up to 100. Uh, those three horses will be cranked up to 100 if they're running them with Lasix because they are not going for points. They're going for the money. Um, so I, it's, point. in this case, it probably – knocks them up a little bit not like you know now i'm definitely playing them when i wasn't before but it definitely makes me take a second look at the horse there's a, about six hundred thousand reasons or thereabouts why you would just go ahead and throw all the lasix and anything else you uh, got lying around the barn and it's funny that well, lucas and asmussen are two of the ones that are doing that here um actually no two of the th asmussen has three and two of them are on lasix so what does that say about the three chirama is he that good or do they just 
No. <laughs> I, I says that that's the one they're definitely they want to see if they can get the points for. I'm shocked, and I just thought of this: Why isn't Baffert running with Lasix in all these races? He can't get points anyway. Like, right? Oh my God! Why is he not? <laughs> It's just great. Anyway, um, uh, Charles makes a good point, kind of, that Baffert's already making everybody else go fuck. We got to use the Lasix to beat him. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's interesting, man. Like I I think this is just it, I I'm excited to see this new wrinkle come into play now, where people are using oh. Lasix in these races and kind of it adds another handicapping you got to look at. But that yeah, that's interesting. It's those three horses that have chosen to do it. Well, if you want a full in-depth insight on not only the Rebel Stakes but all 12 races running at Oakland Park on Saturday. February 22nd, make sure you go to, uh, no, that's not right. That's not right at all. What's the date on that? <laughs> 22nd's tomorrow. 22nd the 26th. Tomorrow. February 26th. Uh, <laughs> go to racingdudes.com, the inside track to the Rebel Stakes Wagering Guide. Uh, Aaron is working on it right now. I know that for a fact. So that will actually be available either tonight, Monday, or Tuesday morning. If you have a subscription to uh, the Summer Bombs, the Premium Products, the Rockets, any of those in a combination, you get this for free along with every other guide that we're doing. And I harp on this, but it's for a reason. This is the best time to be a monthly subscriber for RacingDudes.com because every single guide we put out is included. And it's derby prep season, and we're doing these about once every week. So you get all sorts of value included with that. So uh, make sure you check that out. Mike, the racing on Monday at Sandy is going on. I know you'd looked at some of the stakes. Do you have any betting, any tips, anything that, any horses that you like, any giveaways for the fans who are watching live? Um, I actually did not play any tickets to Santa Anita today. I was going to actually do bombs on Santa Anita today. I didn't like the card at all. And then like the, the stakes race, you got Brickyard Ride at four to five. Um, I, I kind of like touchdown Ron a little bit more in that spot. It's five to two, but like there's just not many prices to swing. Normally, I love these holiday race cards. It's not a great card. Like. No. Sorry, like it's not a great card, and so I just like, all right, you know what? I'm just gonna gonna have a couple extra cocktails and enjoy myself in this day, and not worry about horse racing as much. So it's just frustrating because I love betting on these days, but it's yeah, the, the Santa Anita card isn't very good, and then so instead of forcing the play, it's just like, all right, let's just uh, let's enjoy Christmas Day here. <laughs> well, I listen. If you are uh, off today, I know Mike is still with his family in North Carolina, so we'll let him get out of here and get going to that. But enjoy your day. Enjoy the betting at youtube.com slash racing dudes. Check out all these wonderful videos we've got for you here. Uh, dudes who bet sports will be up uh, at 4 p.m. Pacific time, so figure it out from there for whatever time zone you're in. But yeah, go to youtube.com slash racing dudes. We've got everything that's happening over right there. You'll follow us on Twitter. I am at Curtis Kelloward. He is at some Obama 18, number one, number eight, corporate overlords at racing underscore dudes. Mr. Samich, any final closing words for the folks at home? I mean, we got to at least mention Medina Spirit, right? Like, oh, that's right. We didn't talk about that. We just mentioned say, it from the beginning. All right, we'll bring it all back around. Honestly, I feel bad for Medina Spirit more than anyone else in this situation. I mean, that, that horse consistently ran his eyeballs out and tried hard, as hard as he could and was put in a no-win situation because of who the trainer is and what happened and how it went down. Um, so, it, it like, honestly, it really sucks for Medina Spirit because Medina Spirit did everything he could to win that race and did not ask for anything else to happen to him. Um, and it's it's interesting because you now have a situation where I'm, I'm texting this to the group that I'm genuinely interested considering you know cdi and churchill downs and all that jazz do you think that they already printed out the derby glasses with medina spirit on this the win last year or did they print mandaloon on them or they're not going to have last year mentioned because we're only 75 days out there's like zero chance that they're going to be able to get new glasses out that fast and they also make the horse's ass glass which is the last place derby finisher then <laughs> you could have both medina spirit and first on the glass one and as the last place derby finisher on the ass one in the same year, I'm really, I'm like, I'm intrigued to see what's going to happen when I go to Keeneland um, in April to see what they have because they'll have the glasses already available. They're already like, so I just really want to know how this is going to handle be handled there too. 
So from what I, this is a great question. From what I'm looking at, they don't, it's always the, up to the previous year that's printed. So the yep. answer would be no, that they wouldn't have had it printed yet. However, that is a great question. And if there is something like that, um, somebody let us know because Mike will spend buco bucks on it on e- uh, eBay at about 10 p.m. tonight when he's had a, uh, more than a few cocktails. <laughs> he will definitely buy that from you. I can't wait to go to like to go to Keeneland and see. Are we going to have it or not? You know, yes, I need. Do our fans know us or do our fans my, know us? <laughs> my, my late night eBay <laughs> trials and tribulations. Man, I'm telling you that the bobblehead market has gotten hot recently. People are bidding me up now. I can't like I used to snipe them for like three bucks and now people are coming in with like eight dollar bids. It's crazy shit, man. Um, this from a guy they, who finished seventh at the NAC, folks. Look, if you're going to drunk eBay, do it responsibly. OK, um, <laughs> Look, it, it, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. Baffert's going to challenge your appeal, uh, the process. That's yep. going to take 30 days. Then he's going to be suspended for 90 days, although he's already suspended for two years. So is it now two years and 90 days? We, we just tacking this puppy on. Um, yeah. it, it, what's going to be really interesting is whether or not other jurisdictions follow suit, right? I mean, you already have what's going on in Naira. Kentucky, unfortunately, does not control the racing boards for other states. It's state by state. The maximum fine for that specific drug violation is $7,500. That's why it's not more money than that. Don't get me started on the fines and how ridiculous they are. Um, so you're going to have to see other gaming boards specifically say, okay, Baffert's not allowed to race here either. Um, and he will appeal anyone that does that, which means that there's going to be a whole legal battle around it. So uh, we'll see what actually happens here when when everything happens. Um, but, you know, I, at least we have our answer now. I guess that's the, the best suit to follow this. And now, like, you know, it doesn't change much. Uh, he, yeah. You know, Medina Spirit won the race, and everybody who bet him got paid. And now Mandaloon is the winner, uh, and so the only money that changes hands is the owner's money, right? I mean, and that's the owner, trainer, and jockey. They had great days today, right? You get you get big paychecks on that front, but uh, the the people who drive it from day to day, it doesn't really offer any justice on that side i'm still shocked like obviously there's a, a lawsuit against bob baffert i'm shocked that lawsuit isn't against kentucky like it, to me the, the oversight here is is churchill down cdi like how in the world you allow a, a horse that uh is drugged to be able to run in the races is, is wild to me like it, the fact that the preakness two weeks later we could have next day testing and we can test overnight to make sure that no one is is has any drug violations yet kentucky derby which is a massive race you can't do that with 20 freaking horses one time a year like it's just to me this is a this to Kentucky, the, the CDI and, and the Kentucky Racing Association, the ones that should have gotten sued. It's all just one big pile of ugh. Um, but I'm with you. He said earlier, I hope that we can, uh, you know, we can we can just move forward. I know he's going to uh, appeal the suspension and everything. By the way, $7,500 fine to that guy. That's like, okay, so Amra Zidane is going to have to wipe his ass with toilet paper instead of Hundies for like a couple days. I'm sorry. Like that's but, all that that means uh, in that regard. Um, I don't know. I, I said it in the group chat, but I think that the 90-day suspension, they reduced it. I don't think we're getting two years plus 90. I think they're saying you get 90 because yeah. um, the, the date is it goes through June 6th of this year, which means we're done at Churchill and then kind of move on from there. And it's almost like they were – trying to arbitrate it without arbitrate it, it's going to be harder for Baffert to appeal this successfully when it's 90 days versus a two day, two year suspension. Cause two year, you can be like, that's too harsh. 90 days. It's going to be real hard for Clarky Brubru to uh, try and get that overturned. Yeah. Well, and he's technically been suspended for a while. I mean, so it's, it's been longer than 90 days as well. I mean, so that's you, true. Like, I, they, it, you know, 90 days, I think it's like you said, they just want to get through this meet and say, don't run anyone at Churchill this year and then we'll figure it out. Right. Um, 
yeah, so no kidding. The, the legal side of this is freaking ridiculous. Bill Blower is a great name. Wouldn't be shocked if we see that from Klarovich sometime soon. Um, oh, yeah, that's a good one. Yep. Yeah, you know, I'm happy that we have some type of resolve. Um, it's a bummer it took this long. You should do pre-race testing. Uh, and if you allow it, like, it's like, look, the fact that he able, was able to run was the problem, right? Not yes. that he tested positive after the fact. He should not have run the race because then all of this is hullabaloo is nothing. Like, it's nothing. It's literally nothing because the horse doesn't run. And it doesn't change testing. who wins the race. It doesn't change who, how the betting pays out because they properly tested pre-race. Apparently, they can't do that. And that they should be the ones paying the price for that. And they should that should be something that should be a staple moving forward. Breeders' Cup does out of competition testing, right? That's how they uh, Mo Forza got tabbed back in fucking June of last year because he was working out with and he was drugged up. And they said, no, no. Uh, Chris says, I think it's 90 days for tracks under the Kentucky Horse Racing Board Authority and two years for CDI. That would be great. And that might make sense. CDI is the one that's, that initially said the two-year ban, right? So yeah. uh, listen, this, this is why Chris yeah. is the greatest, not just because he knows Mike's drunk eBay habits, but he also knows <laughs> uh, this information. Yeah, that could be – listen, that also makes sense. Yeah. And that's, Anyways, that's again, the, the, the wildness of horse racing, right? You have these these different boards in different states, and the fines are so low because that's the maximum allowed under state jurisdiction, right? It's not like there's a law that says you can't fine them more than that. You can't fine them $400,000, which is unfortunate. And then you have, like, a publicly traded company that is <laughs> essentially not allowing a, a trainer to, to, like, to be able to train there. It's crazy right. that you have the, these different entities and that there isn't one, you know, ruling board here. But, hey, well, preaching for a while. You, you brought up the Naira hearing and how that's been kind of ongoing for a while, and there's still no decision there. The Kentucky thing could help. That this could be uh, this decision helps Naira, right? So to keep Baffert out of the Naira tracks, and uh, which we the CDI thing, you know, Naira. We joked about how he can't run at Belmont Aqueduct or Saratoga, but he could go run at Finger Lakes if he wants. Yeah, to. the Monster Stakes Day of Finger Lakes in August, and everyone points to. Um, <laughs> like yes and no. Like look, the violation, the argument at Naira is that he's bad for the sport, right? And and I guess now that you have a official. DQ that that does give it more validity but you have people like is it Juan Velasquez who's like literally just got popped at parks and has had so many drug violations over the years and he's 12 for 37 at Aqueduct at one point he was six for 11 to start the start it out like it's just ridiculous what, what you have at Naira too and so you can you can point to other trainers and be like hey what why isn't this actually being targeted to you the trainers that are constantly in your circuit not just this dude who comes in every now and then this 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 shit bag is who you're talking about, Juan Vasquez. Yeah, Jesus yeah. Christ, this guy. So he, he popped positive for the Parks Turf Sprint with the horse one at like 99 to one or something ridiculous. We were all live on that. Well, and yeah, put... and it beat uh, my, my buddy's horse. Uh, uh, was it Cartari? Yeah, Cartari. Fr- yeah. Oh my God, I felt yeah. he was he was livid that Vasquez got that win. Yeah. And and, and Vasquez then st- Vasquez then started the Aqueduct meet. I, I I literally think it was seven for eleven. Um, and like the trainers in New York were like, "This is BS." Like, come on, guys, someone needs to do something about this. Um, so be interested to see if he gets suspended in New York or not. And like, that's another example of like Naira. Like, I I applaud what you're trying to do with Baffert. Why don't you take care of this too? Like, come on, man. Like. <laughs> Yeah, I do yeah. remember this. He wasn't also eligible at the Breeders' Cup until the this the the fine thinking came out, and then they. I guess he was still also eligible, but he was at the very bottom. It was turf sprint. It was like eighteen different horses on also eligible, and then that horse. 
last. Yeah. <laughs> he was at the very bottom. So, I mean, I guess maybe if he had enough horses to scratch out of that, he would have uh, been able to run. But uh, thankfully, we didn't have that happen. Uh, yeah, the Medina thing, hopefully we move on. We'll see what happens. Uh, I know the Fantasy League purposes, it doesn't matter because we actually, Aaron made the correct decision for once as the dictator, and he just qualified him right away. Um, yeah. And JL wants to know, can Mandaloon winning tickets be cashed? No, they, I'm sorry. They actually did specifically say this doesn't affect Paramutual. It was in the press release. So, yeah, not going to happen. Wild. Like, they're like, yeah, by the way, nope, not. And honestly, like, part of the problem, this is why it's like why they should be the ones being sued, not the trainer, is as soon as the race goes official, they're paying everybody. Because if you were the person holding a ticket for Medina Spirit and you had to wait three days for a drug test to come back and then nine months to cash your ticket, you'd be furious too. And like, no one would ever bet horse racing in that case. So you have to be able to pay right when the race goes official. The problem is allowing horses in that have any chance of being a drug positive in that type of scenario is just wildly inept. Like there's no other way to put it. It's just, it's, it just, it's ridiculous, man. And that, that's why they should be the ones that are held accountable as much as everybody else. And they're not people. It's funny timing. Uh, I just realized we are coming up on the Saudi Cup. The inaugural Saudi Cup winner, still undecided. Maximum security, still technically your winner. Midnight Bisu, still technically second. Uh, purse money. Never paid. It, it <laughs> yeah. got paid out last year to Mishrif. That's what happened. They just took yeah. that money. It's a giant Ponzi scheme. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there, there's no interest in resolving that one. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's, it's, you get to hold on to the 12 million longer if you don't declare a winner. <laughs> exactly. Uh, thank you, everybody, for joining us. It's been fun. It's been, frankly, cathartic for Mike and I a little bit, too, I'm sure. So uh, thanks for joining us. We'll be back on Thursday. Uh, you want to tackle Gulfstream again? I know Oakland's got – we've got the guy at Oakland, but there's no turf racing, and I know how much you love Oakland. Oh, let's go to Oakland. Let's, let's, let's handicap Oakland. Yeah, let's, let's give Oakland some love. All right. I'll yeah, play, I know. We literally do a, a race of the day feature at YouTube.com slash Racing News for Oakland. You don't think they get enough love from us already? Well, I mean, people want my opinion at Oakland. Come on, man. This... <laughs> it's actually not true. You probably don't want my opinion at Oakland. I don't Aaron, by the way, often. Aaron gave out I, – I don't have the text pulled up, but the, he gave out the exact Sunday, the winner, and he gave out the long shot, and the long shot was 14-1 to 1 in second. So he gave that out. So, uh, yeah, in. make sure you guys are checking that out. YouTube, the Oakland one is still up for today, so make sure you check that out. So uh, until Thursday when we are guests, oh, we're going to go to Oakland. Uh, <laughs> I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. Good luck this week, guys. We'll see you Thursday. This has been a presentation of RacingDudes.com, your destination for all things horse racing and sports betting. Whether you want free winners, expert insider picks, up-to-the-minute trackside weather reports, or podcasts and videos for bettors of all skill levels, never make another wager without visiting the Racing Dudes first. Death, taxes, and Magic Mike on Monday.